I'm Dave Champion. SARS-CoV-2 new daily infection numbers across the United States are literally collapsing. You're not hearing that from the media. Several weeks ago, I did a kind of a tongue-in-cheek video, which I talked about the fact that taking the government and media's numbers and then taking some research data and put, doing the math that the SARS-CoV-2 outbreak would be over by February 19th. It turns out that depending on one's definition of the epidemic being over, I wasn't wrong. From January 8th to January 25th, new daily infections of SARS-CoV-2 in the United States as one national number dropped 57%. I haven't seen that number anywhere in the media. Now, I want to talk about some states that at some point or other over the last 13 months were considered hotspots and oftentimes were condemned by the media for the way they had handled the SARS-CoV-2 outbreak. I said a moment ago that the numbers are collapsing, and you'll see that for yourself. As I list these states, I'm going to give you the beginning date where the numbers started to tank, Every single state, the final number is January 24th or 25th, depending on the available data. South Dakota, the decrease began November 14th. And since then, the state of South Dakota has experienced a 98% reduction in new daily infections. Michigan, their beginning date of the decrease was December 4th, 67% decrease. Tennessee, December 20th, 86% decrease. New Jersey, January 7th, 45% decrease. California, January 12th, 41% decrease. Texas, January 15th, 68% decrease. Massachusetts, January 13th, 38% decrease. Florida, January 7th, 56% decrease. New York, January 8th, 39% decrease. New Mexico, November 20th, 84% decrease. And Arizona, January 8th, 64% decrease. As I was reading down that list, you may have taken note of the fact that New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, and California have the smallest percentage of decrease. Why is that? Well, number one, they've done every single thing within their power to ensure that their populations do not reach comprehensive natural herd immunity. Not only are these states now trailing all the other states as far as performance in coming out of this epidemic, they've also done the most damage to their own economy. And three out of the four, New Jersey, New York, and Massachusetts, have the unenviable honor of having the highest death rate per 100,000 of any state in the union. So they're trailing everybody else. They have the worst death rate per 100,000, and they completely destroyed their state's economy. So if New Jersey, New York, Massachusetts, and California are doing the worst, who's doing the best? Okay, so the top of the list is South Dakota with a 98% reduction. And of course, that's Governor Kristi Noem, who has been a shining light throughout this. 
Second place is Tennessee with an 86% reduction. I have a couple of friends who live there and I've been touching base with them throughout this and they're telling me, yeah, the whole thing is very laissez-faire, very relaxed there. They're not all stressed out and being crazy like they are in places like New Jersey, New York, California, and Massachusetts. One of the odd phenomenons I can't really understand is when I've talked about places like South Dakota in the past, there's people like, oh no, it's a terrible story. They absolutely did the worst possible thing. Okay. But those people don't live in South Dakota or Tennessee or whatever state it is I'm talking about. They live somewhere else. When you talk to the people who live in a state like South Dakota and you say, so what's going on in South Dakota? They're like, hey, man, we're totally happy with how things went here, man. We're, we're good. Whenever I talk about these kind of numbers collapsing, there's people who always want to make it political. You know, they want to say things like, I told you when Donald Trump was president, the numbers would be high. And as soon as Joe Biden became president, the numbers would drop. Okay, so first of all, man, as in mankind, cannot control when natural comprehensive herd immunity is achieved, which is really what we're talking about here. So there's no connection between something we can't control and who's sitting in the Oval Office. And if you've been following me for any length of time, you've heard me say, I don't know, for what, probably eight or nine months now, government cannot slow or stop the spread of a virus. So it has nothing to do with who's sitting in the Oval Office. Again, along the lines of making it political, the other thing a lot of people are saying with no basis in reality is, well, now that Joe Biden's president, those labs are cranking down those amplification cycles, so we're not picking up as many cases. Okay, so I don't want to say yes or no, because I'm not in contact with all those labs. I will just say it this way. There is zero evidence that any lab in the United States has lowered its amplification cycle since Joe Biden took office. And if you're going to make a claim like that, I don't know, call me crazy, perhaps you should have some evidence. So with the United States having hit natural, non-vaccine driven, comprehensive herd immunity and the numbers collapsing as you just heard, what are we hearing from the media? This deadly strain and this deadly strain and this deadly strain and this deadly strain. Yeah, so it's still all SARS-CoV-2. This is just the media and the government trying to keep you panicked. So when you see all the stuff about the latest deadly strain, just ignore these assholes. And how many masks are we up to now? Is it supposed to, are we supposed to be wearing two or three masks now that New Daily infections are collapsing and we're at herd immunity. I, I can't keep up. At the outset of this video, I referenced a video from several weeks ago where I said the whole thing was going to be over on February 19th. Okay, so leaving aside the February 19th date, which was a little bit tongue in cheek, that specificity is not possible, obviously. When is it over? Okay, so if you are a communicable disease expert, if you're a biostatistician and you're talking to your fellows in your community, your peers, a, an epidemic or a pandemic is over when you've had a particular period of time, measured in weeks, by the way, in which you cannot find any further identified cases. And how long that period of time is varies on the incubation period of the particular contagion you're speaking of. However, the important thing I want to say when we talk about, you know, no more identified cases is that is a, um, it's a professional dialogue they're having within the industry. And it has very little to do with you and I out in society. So how should we in society on a practical level, not, not their technical level, on a practical level, how should we view when this is over? 
My personal equation for this is a two-point system. The first point being that we should be experiencing a 30% reduction in new daily infections nationwide for at least 30 days. So based on the numbers that I gave you thus far, we have, as I'm sitting here talking to you, about a week left to go to hit that 30-day mark. So when we've hit 30 days with a 30% or greater decline in new daily infections, that fulfills point one of my formula. When we're talking about a 30% or greater reduction, I do want to draw your attention to a scam that the media constantly pulls so you don't get scammed by them when we're looking at this 30% or greater decline. If you look at this chart here, which I ignore the blue and red lines, this is taken from a graph that I used many months ago. But you'll notice as the numbers go up and then as the numbers go down, there are a lot of peaks and valleys. So what I want to point out, the scam that the media always pulls, is they would say this is an increase in new daily infections, and this is an increase in new daily infections, and that is an increase in new daily infections, without looking at the totality and being honest with you and saying, as we have peaks and valleys, yeah, the numbers are plummeting. Point two of my personal formula for when you consider this over is at what point as we're going down, new daily infections going down, 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 down. Now that, if they're going down, that means we're still getting new daily infections, right? But the number is constantly decreasing, okay? So if we want to wait till zero, which is what like epidemiologists and biostatisticians and communicable disease experts are looking for, uh, we've got a long wait. However, I don't believe that's practical, and I'm going to explain why in a minute. So my point two is, and I'm dealing nationwide, not state here. I probably could fix a number for each state, but we'd be here a very long time if I ran through 50 states. So I'm just going to look at one, the totality of the nation. And that is, if we get down, if we drop, 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 new daily infections to the point where via testing we are identifying less than 50,000 new daily infections a day. Coupled with point one, which is a 30% or greater constant reduction. Constant means ignoring this and looking at that, right? Okay. So if point number one is valid, we've got 30% or greater constant reduction going down for 30 days or more. And then we have less than 50,000 new daily infections identified each day across the nation. Dave Champion's formula, in my estimate, it's over. There's an old expression, it's all over but the shouting, and that's exactly how I would see it when point one and point two are both true. Some people may be scratching their head and saying, wait, I don't understand the less than 50,000 new daily infections identified by testing number. Okay, so first of all, I want to be very clear that that's a personal number. That's part of my equation. You might choose 70,000, you might choose, I don't know, 20,000. It doesn't matter. The point is, if we want to set a number other than zero, then we have to look at the totality. And I think 50,000, by my estimates, 50,000 new daily infections identified by testing is a number that works for me. But the critical part about this, whether you set your number at 70 or at 60 or at 40 or at 
18. Uh, the, the important part here is that all of this that we've been talking about today, this dramatic reduction in all those cases, all the states I shared with you, those were previously called hotspots and now the numbers there are collapsing. The important thing to take away from all of that is that the United States as a country has hit natural, that means not caused by vaccine, comprehensive, that means the summer months and the winter months, uh, comprehensive herd immunity, which mean, herd immunity meaning such a large percentage of the population has already had it and thus has antibodies and is immune, and the susceptible population is so small. So we have natural, comprehensive herd immunity. Yeah, so we are going to still have new daily infections, but the numbers are just going to keep doing this and keep doing that. So yeah, this thing is essentially all over but the shouting. By the way, I do want to say people are still going to be dying. Okay? And I don't want to dismiss any of those deaths. I think a lot of people, when I speak statistically, when I say things like essentially it's all over but the shouting, somebody's always, some very emotional person is, you're so cruel, you don't care about the people who are dying. Yeah, I do. I can't change that. You can't change that if you're the person screaming that at your computer or your phone or right now. We can't change that. But we can acknowledge that it's all over but the shouting. Last thought, if it is all over but the shouting, so does this mean we can take off all three, or is it two, or one mask? Are these governors going to reopen their states now that it's all over but the shouting? That's a political equation. That's got nothing to do with anything we're talking about here. This is statistical. This is science, okay? This is what's really happening, boots on the ground in America, okay? That has nothing to do with the decisions governors are making. Those decisions are political. But I will say this, if you are in a state where you've got one of these typically left-leaning governors who's obsessed with destroying the economy to save some people, or in their mind save some people, they're really not saving anybody, you need to put political pressure on them. You need to make it clear if they don't open things back up right fucking now, you are going to work day and night feverishly to ensure that at the next election, they do not get reelected. If you don't put that pressure on them now that the numbers are collapsing, what are they going to say, right? Yeah, they're going to hold out a little bit, but you need to be stronger. You need to apply that pressure continuously over the next couple of weeks or months. You need to apply the pressure to these a-holes until they open things back up because having hit natural comprehensive herd immunity Unless somebody is high risk, in which case they should be taking care of their own concerns, like staying home, they should be wearing 47 masks, whatever their uh, protocol, getting vaccinated, whatever their protocol is to make themselves safe, that's fine. They should do that. But for the rest of us, the nation, having hit natural comprehensive herd immunity, the correct thing I, right now as I'm talking to you is to open everything back up. But they're not going to do this. You need to put hard core, like never stop, like multiple emails a day. Tell all your friends, get on social media, spread it around. Political pressure. You will not hold office again if you don't open this community back up. If you don't put that political pressure on, yeah, eight months from now, they'll still be fucking around. So it's up to you.